y'all. I'm Gretchen Purser, and this is The Mess Is Mine, the podcast where we talk about politics and faith and all the other messy stuff. Thanks for stopping by. Hey, everybody. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. So I have a lot to cover this week, so I'm just going to hop right in. Um, I want to visit with y'all about the COVID relief package, a little bit of pork, a little bit of stimulus, the difference between the two. I want to give a little confession about my big oversight over the last couple of weeks. I want to discuss the Susian outrage, and I want to point out a couple of really good things coming down the pike. Something new I'm going to start this week, though, is something called the weekly pushback. So each week, there's generally one or two things that are trending through social media or in the actual media that are just not true. So I'm going to point those out and give you some facts to back yourself up so that if your friends or your family aren't getting the other side of the story from wherever they get their information, they can get it from you. So my theme with this podcast overall is going to be kind of a theme of keeping an open mind, being willing to accept new information, and being willing to course correct when you know that you've made a mistake. You know, it's been a big journey for me. It took me a very long time to learn to do that. And I'm honestly still not great at it. I still have a tendency to think I know everything. Don't tell my kids, but I don't really know everything. So for those of you who were not raised conservative Christians, this is going to sound really foreign. But for anybody who was, this may ring a bell for you. Okay, so for me, having an open mind was essentially just an open window for the devil to crawl through. Like Satan was always looking for a way to get in and take over my mind and destroy my faith. So being open to new ideas and admitting doubt or that I wasn't certain about something was just essentially like the Ouija board level of satanic invitation. Come on in, Beelzebub. Now, before everybody freaks out and thinks I'm making fun of Christianity or the Bible or demonic possession, I'm not. I'm simply saying you don't have to check your brain at the door to be a Christian. To be a believer of Jesus, you don't just have to blindly follow everything everyone tells you. You get to question. You get to doubt. There's a reason that he answered so many questions in the Bible with a parable or with another question. He wants us to think. But that's not the direction American Christianity has gone. So when you have an entire party that has a giant contingent of evangelical and conservative Christians, you have a whole group of people that are conditioned to shut out new information, to double down on what they believe, and to have very much of an us versus them mentality. And so they kind of follow their leaders, and they fall in line, and they show up and vote, which is fine if those people represent your values. But what if they stop representing your values? Do you still vote for them? You know, the Republican Party has been compared several times recently to being in a political cul-de-sac, which means you get down to the end of the cul-de-sac, you know, where the circle is, and everyone's pretty much the same. They look like you. They think like you. And there's no way to go forward in a cul-de-sac. You're just stuck. So you either turn around or you just stop moving forward. And I think that's a great analogy for where they are right now. They've got nowhere to go, which really brings me to my next point, which is about my misunderstanding of the big lie. For the longest time, I could not quite reconcile in my brain why some people were falling in line with Trump. I mean, some of them, it was obvious. Some of the leadership really was afraid of Trump. They wanted to be president. They had aspirations. Others others are calculated, and they're long-range planners. And there was clearly an ulterior motive. And that motive is now more clear. They allowed people to believe that the election process is flawed and broken because they want an excuse to change the rules. In an election where there have been numerous recounts and numerous lawsuits and numerous investigations to try to find any evidence of any fraud, none was produced. And yes, 
In every election, there are instances of tiny bits of fraud here or there. Somebody might cast a second ballot. Somebody might submit their dead granny's ballot as as their own. But that's not ever happening in enough numbers to really affect the outcome. We have a very fair electoral process, and they know it. But what they also know is if things continue as they are, they can't win. So this is starting to unfold in states all across America right now. In Georgia, just yesterday, the Republican state legislature removed the option for early voting and the option for Sunday voting and realized they just lost the Senate, both Senate seats and the presidential. So they realized that when more people vote, they lose. So what they've got to do is they've got to reduce those numbers. So by getting rid of Sunday voting, they get rid of a huge piece of the black community. They get rid of anyone who's an hourly worker or doesn't have the the luxury of taking time off from work to swing by Starbucks and hang out and, and vote for half of the day on Tuesday. Anyone who needs a paycheck, who has a regular job, who doesn't have flexibility, might not be able to get to the polls. And that's exactly what they want. They don't want these people at the polls. They don't want these people to vote because they're not going to vote for them. This is called voter suppression, y'all. That's exactly what this is. And the cynics out there will say, this is nothing new. This has gone on forever. That doesn't make it okay. It's really, really wrong. And it's really undemocratic. And I don't know about y'all, but I, I don't want to win at all cost anymore. I want the party or the person with the best ideas and the best solutions to win. I don't want to play for a team that can only come out on top if the other team doesn't show up. Nobody wins that game. We all lose. So here's my challenge to you. Pay attention. If you live in Texas, if you live in Georgia, if you live someplace with a Republican-controlled legislature, watch. They're going to start changing the voting rules because they know that that's the only way they can win. Some polling data I have that I'll put on my website for you all shows that 68% of Americans were in favor of this COVID relief package, which is a pretty big number because you can't really get 68% of America to say very much at all anymore. There's some good stuff in this bill. There's also something called, wait, what's that sound? Oh, yeah, pork. Okay, pork is when you fill up a bill with stuff that doesn't belong in it. And truth be told, the Republican in me thinks that a COVID bill should be clean. You shouldn't put a bunch of other stuff in there that's like other stuff you want to pass just because the Republican, because the other side will look bad if they vote against it. That's precisely what the Democrats did. And they shouldn't have done that. See, that's what makes it hard for me. I can't be a Democrat either. Okay, so I'm going to call them out, too. That's BS. A relief package should just be a relief package. And that's not new. And it's happened all the time. And we always do it in Washington, which is why people can't stand Washington. Anyway, the pork in there was wrongheaded. They tried to sneak in a minimum wage increase. And I think I talked about this last time into the COVID relief package, which, look, I don't disagree that there should be one, but it should be a standalone bill. Okay, that's what pork is. Stimulus, on the other hand, stimulus is a good thing, especially when you're in the middle of a pandemic. And all these people on my Facebook page have been all outraged, most of them men, uh, about giving away money to people who, by household levels, could make $160,000. Well, first of all, I don't know that having having children and making $160,000, depending on where you live, that's not exactly a fortune, first of all. Second of all, a stimulus package is just that. It's intended to stimulate the economy. So the problem with this is if you're so concerned about people that don't need the money getting it, then what happens is the people that desperately need the money never get it. And that's what that's what Herbert Hoover did during the Great Depression. And that's part of the reason we were in the Great Depression for so god dang long. 
And it's also part of the reason the Republicans were in the wilderness for 50 years. So they probably should learn from this lesson. So, yeah, America wants this package. Biden is going to pass it with no Republican support, and the Republicans are going to look bad. Why? Because they do a terrible job of making their case. People don't understand the mechanics. People want things simple, and they don't seem to get that. They get all wonky and start talking about all this stuff that people can't hear that. All they hear is Republicans are stingy and they don't want to help poor people. It's like the grown-ups in Charlie Brown. Let me explain real quickly why the GOP has problems with this bill. This was called the American Rescue Plan Act, and its stated purpose was to address the pandemic, give a boost for vaccines and testing, which is much needed, and deal with resulting economic repercussions. Okay, that's very broad. So other things that may or may not actually be pandemic related have gotten shoved into this bill because that's kind of how things work sometimes. And they're concerned that it will result in residual expansion of social programs that won't get pulled back after the immediate crisis is over. Think about how back when the gas prices went up about a decade ago, all of a sudden the airlines started charging for bags and, you know, individual pieces of ice and particles of oxygen. Once the gas prices dropped to $2 or something, did they retract any of those charges? Well, no. So that's how hard it is to undo a policy that's been done. But regardless, 68% of American people want it. And it's going to pass today without a single Republican vote. So that's problematic. And it's bad optics for the GOP that they can't afford right now. Another thing that's not good for the Republicans in the Senate is the fact that they're dropping like flies. There are now five Republicans that have decided that they're not going to run for re-election. The Senate's divided 50-50, so every seat really counts. And the thing that scares me is that the way these state parties are going, it's entirely possible that Pat Toomey or Roy Blunt's seat goes to some guy with a Confederate flag face tattoo who believes Democrats are cannibals. Okay, I can't talk about that anymore. All right, let's talk about the Susian outrage and Mr. Potato Head. And the fact that this has been brought on, y'all, primarily by conservative news outlets who want to change the subject. Because the news just isn't really good for the GOP right now. So in addition to the COVID relief package that they're all voting against... They also have had these insurrection hearings where they sit and listen to the fact that their colleagues may or may not have aided and abetted unwillingly or willingly the domestic terrorists who attacked the Capitol. Then you add into that all the retirements. It's just not great timing. So conservatives do want to change the subject. So that's why you've got Tucker Carlson and Sean Hannity out there screaming and going crazy about the cancel culture and censorship and book burning and and fascism, which is really my favorite because I think it's hilarious when conservative talk show hosts call Democrats fascists. I mean, really? You keep using that word. I don't think it means what you think it means. Seuss Enterprises made a decision because Seuss Enterprises thought that the material was outdated and racist. And you know what? It is. But whether you have a problem with it or not, that's kind of immaterial. The point here is if you identify yourself as a Republican, then you, by definition, should believe in a free market. And that means companies can produce whatever they want to produce. And they can publish or not publish. That's up to them. That's not up to the government to tell them what to do. Okay, so the Democrats didn't do this. And as for Potato Head, which, by the way, did y'all know that Mr. Potato Head used to just be eyes and ears and like mustaches and stuff? You had to supply your own potato like you had to go get your own root vegetable and shove stuff in there and pretend it was like a doll. That's how sad toys used to be. For all of y'all who like want to think about the good old days and how great it used to be, just think about being on your hands and knees in the dirt, playing with a potato with some plastic ears. Mm. So that's really my big pushback to y'all. 
As you hear people complaining and crying about Dr. Seuss being canceled or being censored, remind them that it was Dr. Seuss Enterprises that made that decision. You know, things change. What people used to like take their kids to watch executions for fun, okay? Things change. The culture changes. We're supposed to change and evolve. We're supposed to look at things and go, hmm, that was kind of barbaric. Let's not do that anymore. That's what we're supposed to do, y'all. So let's do that. So with that, I'm going to sign off. One last positive note, 100 million vaccines and counting, which is amazing. I feel like people are getting them left and right. I'm not one of them, sadly, but I will be. And, you know, there's a light at the end of the tunnel for all of us. We're about to get our lives back. Thank God. So take care, stay safe, and I'll talk to you again next week. Thanks for listening.